Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All righty, rocking and rolling hour number two of our radio program. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We continue to dissect this Chiefs-Bills game. We'll get back into the way that we view Josh Allen in just a second. But I want to touch on two other things from that game. Number one... Samter, I'm curious how you process this and what your thoughts were on the game. Because sometimes Samter can be really fun, and then other times, like, he could be a curmudgeon a a little bit. The whole Taylor Swift, Jason Kelsey, uh, Jason Kelsey taking his shirt off, chugging beers and all that. I saw a lot of people yesterday tweet out, like, oh, now I'm out on on the Kelseys and and Swift. Like, enough is enough. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Jason Kelsey, who, you know, all things, uh, the way that it's being assumed is that his NFL career is over and he's going to walk away, he's going to retire, even though there has not been an official announcement yet from Jason Kelsey. He's there supporting his brother in Buffalo. There's no city that's better to be in for the Kelsey family than Buffalo. Like when you just think and know about them, uh, eating wings, eating good tailgate food and chugging beers and, and drinking. That is what Buffalo is all about. Food, family, and football. And Jason Kelsey is a fine representative of that. I thought it was pretty neat yesterday. Instead of the same old shots of Taylor Swift over and over and over again, hugging Brittany Mahomes and reacting to the game and always going to the luxury box, uh, whichever one that they're in on the home uh, stadium arrowhead or on the road this time in Orchard Park in Buffalo. I thought that Jason Kelsey did a good job entertaining us yesterday and then also providing a distraction of it just being Taylor Swift, game Taylor Swift, game Taylor Swift, game Taylor Swift. It was nice to see uh, Jason Kelsey take some of that uh, spotlight away. Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. I, I liked him jumping into the crowd. Apparently, he was, like, uh, picking up kids yeah. so they can see Taylor. So it was kind of fun. And, like, you know, sometimes they would show the shots of Taylor, and they were just, like, in the background. You would just see, like, a shirtless Kelsey, uh, Jason in the <laughs> background. Beer. The one thing I was kind of iffy about, and, like, I wouldn't call it curmudgeon, but it's like, listen. Okay. Your brother's playing the Bills. I get it that Bill's Mafia is fun, Mm -hmm. and they're goofy, and there's flaming tables, and there's wild antics, but like when Jason Kelsey, before the game, is hanging out with Bill's Mafia, and drinking with them, your brother's playing against them that day. Don't hang out with the enemy enemy before the game. You gotta be friendly with the enemy. And then you stab him in the back. What do you mean, stab him in the back? You're shirtless in a booth. How are you gonna stab him in the back? Now, if he was throwing snowballs at little kids from the booth, (laughs) that's a different story. Well, that was the one. One thing that I actually took issue with during the game. I thought the Kelsey stuff was fun before the game. 
He was taking shots out of a bowling ball. Like, it was absolutely awesome. Find the Chiefs fan in the crowd or in the tailgate and hang out with them. Don't hang out with the Bills fans. They're they're looking to kill your brother. Yeah, but that's not a big deal. I thought it was very classless, though, of the Bills fans yesterday. Once you lose the game, to be throwing snowballs at Patrick Mahomes as he's going. I don't know if it was his family or if it was just Chiefs fans as he's giving like his gloves and going to high five a few people. I thought that was very low class by Bills fans. And also, I don't know about you. And maybe I'm just far off here because I lived in the penthouse for 20 years of great sports moments. But even when my team would lose, I could never cry. Even when I was a kid. And my team was about to be undefeated. And they had that terrible loss to the Giants with the helmet catch by uh, Tyree and then Plaxico Burris getting the touchdown and all the failed Marys that they ended up having and, and trying to get that ball to Randy Moss. To see some of these Bills fans hysterically crying in the stands yesterday, there was one guy without his shirt on crying in the stands in that frigid temperature. I don't know if I could bring myself to tears when it comes to a divisional round loss, even though it's an enormous loss because you had that game undecided in the fourth quarter, and I know that team has never won. I know that franchise has been tortured. But to actually, like, it's one thing you shed a few tears, but to be hysteric, like, like to be, um, what's the world? Inconsolable? Yeah, yeah. To to not Weeping. Yeah, to be just, like, over-the-top crying as if a family member just passed away. I, that's a little bit too much for me. Well, just, just for the record, they spoke to the shirtless crying fan. It turned out he wasn't crying about the game. Somebody brushed up against his nipples. It was really, really oh, cold yeah. out and it hurt. <laughs> and he was just crying and from pain. I think that was a little bit different. It's just, it's it's wild to me when, when you're you're basically just sobbing like that as if your grandma or, or, or your, your grandpa or someone passed away. That is crazy. So I didn't really have any problems uh, with the Kelsey Holes swift coverage yesterday. And I will say, you know, I thought was the best one, Kylie Kelsey, because Pat Mahomes father was in the the luxury box. And when Jason, who that's, I think that could only happen in Buffalo. I know everyone knows who he is, but when he jumps out of the luxury box into the stands and there's security guards right there, I really think if any other person did that, they would have been escorted out of the stadium. They'd be like, who's this savage? But since it's Jason Kelsey, everyone understands it. Everyone's like, okay. Uh, that's just what Jason Kelsey's going to do. It's like having uh, uh, one of the characters in the Animal House just basically be at your your your, your football game. Uh, but Kylie Kelsey basically told Pat Mahomes' father, who right was a baseball player, and you see Pat Mahomes' dad uh, just scream out to Jason, "Hey, Kylie says you need to get your ass back uh, in the luxury box." I thought her facial expressions were absolutely awesome throughout the whole coverage of Jason and Travis Kelsey and and Taylor Swift and all that. But I thought it was pretty neat. And I saw that Maggie, uh, she wasn't too happy with Jason Kelsey. And then you're right, Santa. The next thing you know, you have Jason Kelsey being this uh, benevolent, jolly uh, big fella lifting up little girls who have Taylor Swift signs so they could get a glimpse and they could actually get a a good sight of, uh, uh, of Taylor Swift. But you know the NFL. You know the NFL is pulling for the Chiefs. And you know they want Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl because could you imagine the coverage for a week in Vegas of Taylor Swift and also Brittany Mahomes just parading around Las Vegas? That would that would just be absurd coverage. 
I'm, I'm curious to hear what the rating was for yesterday's game between Chiefs-Bills, yeah. close game, uh, Taylor Swift, all the different things that were in in alignment. Like, that may have been one of the highest rated uh, games that we've maybe ever seen or seen in, in a long time that wasn't a Super Bowl. Now, I did read somewhere, yeah, the night before the Super Bowl. How about this? Stu, well, let's see how big of a Swifty Stu is. Because we know Stu is like this, the Swifty expert of, of the show. Like, I'm not a Swifty. I don't dislike Taylor Swift. Sanford wouldn't call himself a Swifty. He doesn't dislike Taylor Swift either, right? You're a fan of Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm indifferent. I know, I know like two of her songs, mm-hmm. and one of them is Shake It Off, and that's about it. Gotcha. And Bills fans are trying to shake off that, uh, that hell yesterday that the Kansas City Chiefs uh, did give them. But, Stu, do you know where Taylor Swift is performing the night before the Super Bowl? We will find out how big of a Swifty Stuart Kovacs is right here. Uh, yes, I believe she's in Tokyo. That is correct. You are a sick, <laughs> and I mean a sick Swifty. The night before the Super Bowl, she is performing in Tokyo. Now, do you think, let's say Kansas City beats Baltimore. Do you think she cancels that concert? Or do you just find a way to get to Tokyo, to, to Las Vegas once it ends, if that's even feasible? of uh, going down. Cause you know, the NFL will be begging for Taylor Swift to be at that game. How do you think that will work though? That's a great question. I definitely don't think she cancels. She won't cancel. I don't think so. Now, Tokyo, I believe is ahead of us time wise. Yes. So that would more be like Saturday, like morning or afternoon. So that kind of gives her like 24 hours okay. to get back. I think she makes it back. That, How that would long be my is guess. a flight from Tokyo to, uh, to Vegas? I wonder, let's see, Tokyo, to Vegas. Let's get a little Google search here. Nothing's coming up. So, someone look up how, how it, long it looks it like is. 12 hours. 12 hours. So I guess it's possible. Because Tokyo, watch, time in Tokyo right now. I'm going to guess what there's seven hours. Oh, it's 6.08 a.m. right now in, in Tokyo. That's a. So I guess it is possible. It says this concert's at 6 p.m. In Tokyo on Saturday. So I guess if she really wanted to, she could get there. It seems like she really enjoys going to these football games, though. When she was at the Jet game, I'm like, that's when I know that she's a hardcore football fan. Because why the heck would you subject yourself? The, <laughs> the Jet game and the Bears game. So she found a way to uh, to get to both those. The other part is the Chiefs side of this, Santa. Now, you've been very confident from the start that you have said Kansas City is going to find a way to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, and you will not believe that they won't be Super Bowl champions again until someone knocks them out. Now, we know this is just a fact. It's it's not, you know, an opinion. On paper, the Ravens have a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. The Ravens are a more well-rounded team than the Kansas City Chiefs. The Ravens, though, are actually healthy. Now, I'm not making excuses. You play the game with who you have. But the Dolphins had a bunch of injuries. The Bills, I think they were about to call Stu to play linebacker for them at some point uh, in that game. Does it at all concern you, even though Kansas City's in the AFC title game and Kansas City's going to Baltimore, Mahomes got his first road playoff victory. We know that he's won the MVP multiple times and uh, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, has been to three Super Bowls. Does it at all concern you that this Chiefs team maybe is playing a little bit better than they have throughout the entirety of the season because a big part of that have been the injuries on the Dolphins' defense 
and the injuries on the Bills defense. And now you got the big, bad Baltimore Ravens trying to be uh, the team that finds a way to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday. I'm not worried about the injuries for the Dolphins and the Bills. I think that the Chiefs were better than both those teams anyway. So without the injuries, they still probably would have won those games. Um, however, I am worried about the Ravens because the Ravens are legit scary. Yeah. I mean, they wipe, they've wiped away every team that they've played over the past month and a half. And, like, not just every – like, good teams. Well, because it would be perceived that the two best teams in the NFL before the postseason started were the Ravens and, and the 49ers. And the Ravens smacked the 49ers this Listen, year. At the end of the day, I think the four best teams in the NFL are playing in the conference championship. I think yeah. the Ravens, Lions, 49ers, and Chiefs are the four best teams in the NFL mm-hmm. basically all year. I know people doubted the Chiefs, but, like, I, I, I kind of just – Met, you know, equated them to like the Warriors, who just didn't really care about the regular season and turned it on. Which is something to do in, in the NFL, but you can't be always the one seed yeah. every year. Yeah, but at the end, of, yeah, exactly. Unless you're not getting the unless you're getting the one seed, it doesn't really matter. As long as you win your division, get a home game. If you're not going to get that one seed, and once they knew they weren't getting the one seed, they just kind of coasted. I'm telling you, man, like this is going to be a tough, tough out. Like this is the first game in a while where I've been legitimately worried because I'm not concerned as much about the the, uh, the the Chiefs' offense. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, they're going to score points. It happens in the playoffs. It doesn't matter who he's throwing to. Travis Kelsey, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be able to show out. Right? The Ravens' defense is really good. But here's what I see about the Ravens, right? That game against the Texans, the first two and a half quarters. They slept through it. The Texans were as good, if not better. Like, I thought the Texans should have had the lead, or at the very least, well, the Texans looked like they were on equal playing ground. And then... So so I thought the Ravens were better until you had the big punt return. Once the punt return happened, it was like, uh-oh, we got a ball game, and then boom, in the second half, I think the Ravens said, we've knocked off the Ross from the week off. We got no problem with this Well, no, team. up until that punt return, it seemed like they were fairly equal. Like, I mean, I, I kept watching Lamar Jackson missing throws, and you saw it. He was getting in his own head. Every bad throw, every bad play, Lamar Jackson was getting in his head. I'm thinking to myself, this is a guy who just emotionally might not be big enough for the moment. And C.J. Stroud was cool as a cucumber. The entire first half, Lamar Jackson looked like he was on edge. Second half rolled around. Kind of reminds me of like those old Bama Saban teams where like they kind of stay close to you until the half, and then second half comes around. They just, just run the ball down roll your throat Ravens, roll and just tie. beat you up. You know, Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram and just beat you up, beat you up, and just jam it down your throat. And that's kind of what the Ravens are. That they're gonna look okay. They're gonna look pretty good. And then once the second half rolls around, they're just gonna beat you up and just crush your spirit and that's what worries me because as good as the Chiefs are they could not stop the Bills run game in that first half and the Ravens just want to keep running the ball I don't think that the the Chiefs can stop them so out of a hundred percent right now on the early Monday feel our Chiefs expert our Chiefs fan a little bit from Gazy and Michael Samter though out of a hundred percent how confident are you that the Kansas City how about those Chiefs are going to find the way to take care of the Baltimore Ravens as an as a biased fan, I'm gonna go fifty five percent Chiefs, forty five percent Ravens. That's not high at all. If, so in reality, that means Samter down deep believes that the Ravens are winning the game. Well, if, if you're only starting at fifty five percent, then it's Monday. You are really shaking in your boots here. If I wasn't a Chiefs fan, if I was a completely partisan, unbiased, uh, completely removed objective fan, mm-hmm. I would say Ravens by ten. Wow, by 10. But I'm a Chiefs fan, and I have faith in my boys. Wow. <laughs> but I'm a Chiefs fan. I, I have faith in my boys. As you just said, Ravens by 10. All right, let's just quickly get back into Josh Allen. And I'll just say this. 
going into next year, where do you think Josh Allen will rank in QB rankings? Like when people do their top 10 lists, when we got nothing to talk about in the summer, once the NBA season ends, right, the NFL stuff dies down, uh, college football, we're just waiting to get to September. Where do you think Josh Allen is going to rank? Now, I think there's going to be three quarterbacks that are going to be in front of him. He will still be a top five quarterback. I think the lowest you could put him is at four. We know no one's taking Mahomes' number one spot. Joe Burrow got hurt this year, but it was already perceived to be that Joe Burrow was a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I still think Joe Burrow is going to be ranked in front of him. And then, and also, Joe Burrow's been able to beat Mahomes in a big game, too. And then Lamar Jackson. Lamar's stock, where it didn't really need to be improved, but there was always that yeah, but with Lamar. He hasn't won a big game, and I've been a big defender of Lamar Jackson. Lamar now is going to win two MVPs, and there's a chance that after this weekend, he's playing in the Super Bowl, and he could win the whole damn thing. So I do think going into next year, you will have the top three quarterbacks in football. And let's wait on two and three of the ordering. But you will definitely have Mahomes one. Burrow or Lamar Jackson, those are going to take up spots two or three, and you could flip-flop them. And then fourth's going to be Josh Allen. But I don't think anyone else can jump Josh Allen before the season starts next year. And the problem for Josh Allen is it's not like he's played poorly in these playoff games. He had a bad finish yesterday. But he was the best player for Buffalo on the field in that game up until second and nine. And ever since that second and nine, he made bad decisions on second and nine and third and nine. But the problem with Josh Allen now is Buffalo has been so close and they didn't get the job done. You start to wonder, will they ever get the job done? And there's always that question out there because now we're in the society. You either win the championship and you're great or you don't win the championship and you suck. I don't think. There are many quarterbacks in this league that people would be saying, I'd rather have over Josh Allen now. You know, I just did a top five list, and I didn't even give you the fifth quarterback, and I told you there's only three quarterbacks you could say right now that are better quarterbacks in the NFL than Josh Allen. And you look at it for Josh Allen, you can't say that he hasn't made clutch throws in his career. I know he didn't yesterday, but in that 13-second game, how many times did he put the ball in the end zone, and then the the, uh, coach McDermott didn't squib kick it, and the defense crumbled? So he's made big throws. He did enough that year to beat Kansas City, and his special teams and defense just failed him. But that's got to be a tough spot to be in in sports because you know you're a really good team, but you haven't been able to find a way in the postseason. Regular season has been a different story, but in the postseason to slay the dragon, that is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Bengals, I know they lost last year, but the year before, they were able to get the job done. And now the Ravens get that opportunity in the postseason as well. You know, that's... For for the next decade of football, assuming everybody stays healthy, which has been a problem for Lamar, and it's been a problem for Joe Burrow, you have in the AFC, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, you know, C.J. Stroud, who had a phenomenal season as well. Like, let's see if Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence can start to get their acts together on a more consistent basis. You got some big names that are going to be tugging at Superman's cape in a... in um, Patrick Mahomes. But only one guy's been able to take that cape for a year in the postseason, and that was Joe Burrow. It's going to be fascinating. That's for the next 10 years, as long as he's healthy, if not more than that, it's going to be who's going to be able to, to, when they get a shot, who's going to be able to issue the kill shot on Mahomes and the Chiefs. So 
Where would you rank and how do you view Josh Allen? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I don't think you could put him anywhere lower than the fourth best quarterback in football entering the 2024 regular season. Coming on back, Zach Elf Show, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You can stream the NFL and Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. All righty, Moist Mike, what do we got cooking today? All right, well, at the end of Lions Buck, Detroit took a knee multiple times with over 10 seconds left on the play clock. The Bucks were down one score, eight points, still had one timeout, and could have forced the Lions to attempt a 49-yard field goal or punt with 36 seconds left. However, Todd Bowles chose not to call the timeout, and here was his reason why. About 30 to 12, coffee, about 36 seconds left in the timeout. I just wanted to ask him what the pass didn't take that timeout and try and get the field goal. They already had a field goal and lined up, and it would have been about 12 seconds left on the clock to end the ball game. We weren't going to come back from that. No sense of prolonging the obvious. Now, I don't know where he's getting his math from, but they would have called timeout with 36, at most 35 seconds left. A field goal attempt would have taken, what, seven seconds off the clock, so they still have 20-something seconds? Or a punt is another five seconds and off? And what happens if you miss the kick? Yeah. You could have a guy back there and try to do a, a kick-six play, and then you got to go get the two-point conversion. Or, or, or a block. They- or if they miss the kick, you get the ball at the 40-yard line with 25 seconds left. Yeah, because it's right? like a 50-something yarder. And you got to drive the ball 60 yards. Yeah. Right? And, and that's very doable. So, anyway. I, I will say I give Samter credit because once the interception happened, earlier in the week I, I laid a good amount of money on the Detroit Lions minus six points. And I was just going nuts. I'm like, interception, game over. They only got one timeout. Who cares? I, I was just running around my uh, friend's apartment and uh, stuffed my face with some chips and some uh, salsa and some cookies and some sandwiches and things like that. And then Santa is texting us incensed over not taking that time out. And I went back and I watched it. You're 100% right. 
Should have taken the timeout. Just give the team a chance, even if it's unlikely. It's the playoffs. Playoffs! Now, former Chiefs offensive lineman Mitchell Schwartz said that the reason why they didn't call the timeout was because, and the reason why the Lions were kneeling early was because mm. it was obvious that the Bucks were conceding it and had yeah, they had so they all cares. done things the proper way, the timeout wouldn't have mattered anyway. But it didn't matter. 36 seconds left. No matter what the Lions may or may not have thought, call the timeout and see what happens. Anyway, onside, offside. Bulls not calling the timeout was more inexcusable than the Lions nearly are, are kneeling too early in the clock. And they did kneel the ball way too early. It was like 15, 16 seconds left in the play All clock. All three times. Um, I would still say it's Bulls, and I would go on sides, and here's why. Because of what he said afterwards. Like, sometimes people just have bad clock management. It's inexcusable. It can't happen. But I think Dan Campbell realized that since they weren't even really trying, they didn't call the timeout the first time, that they weren't going to call it ever. It was like, okay, just take the knee and then boom, uh, the game's over. It doesn't matter. And they're not going to call the timeout either way. But him saying afterwards uh, would have left us, even if he was right, let's say 12 seconds, which he wasn't on his math, even with 12 seconds, I'd still rather have those 12 seconds and try to throw something around and have a breakdown with Detroit, right? Because Detroit's never had heartbreak in an NFL game where they had a victory and they had a game one and then they found a way to snatch an L, I would rather try than go down without a fight. So I think you're right on that. Now we saw another example of the worst rule in football as the Chiefs' Mecole Hardman fumbled the ball out of bounds into the end zone, leading to the Bills taking over at their own 20. Onside, offside, in these instances where a fumble goes out of the end zone, the offense should actually retain possession with the ball being placed back at the 20. So... I have been so on one side of this for so many years, and rarely do you change an opinion that you've been just so adamant about. I'm okay with what you just suggested, that the offense still gets to keep the ball, but they then get it at the 20 because, right, you fumble the ball out of bounds at the 1, then, okay, you get the ball back at the 1, but if you follow, if you fumble it out of the end zone, then it's okay, you lose the ball altogether. But I've never thought about it this way, and this is what made me change my opinion. I'll actually go offside on this after being someone that's always believed the team should get the ball back. There's so many rules now. Every rule is centered around offense, 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 offense. Protect the football. Every player is coached. Do not stretch out and do not put the ball at risk unless you know for sure you're getting that ball to break the plane. So with how much it's been... Offense, offense, offense. I'm actually okay with the rule finally favoring the defense. And if the defense makes a play and they get that ball to come out and it goes through the back of the end zone, then the defense actually uh, forces a turnover and their offense ends up getting the ball. So through all those years of thinking about this and just to see how many rules have put the defense at a disadvantage, I don't want to take away a rule that finally puts a defense at an advantage for making a heads-up play. So when you say to me in these instances, the offense should retain possession with the ball being placed at the 20, um, I will go offside, actually, and I'll win one for the defense and give a W to the defense. Offside! Now, early in the game, Josh Allen scrambled and threw a lateral to Ty Johnson after crossing the line of scrimmage. However, replay showed Allen's throw may have actually been an illegal forward pass. So onside, offside, that throw was actually a forward pass. So we don't know what a catch is. We don't know how pass interference will be called. And there's a bunch of other things that we don't know about the NFL. This is one of them yesterday. And maybe I'm in the minority here because I see a lot of people right away were saying, oh, that's an illegal forward pass. I thought he threw the ball behind him. I, I, I didn't have an issue with that. And I saw the announcers were obsessing over it. And, you know, maybe they know more than me. And maybe they, they were right and I was wrong. But when I watched that and I saw that, at first you're like, ooh, that looks funky. But then when they slowed it down, I thought that that was legal. 
So when you ask me, uh, onside, offside, the throw was a forward pass. I'm going to go offside on this one because I thought it was thrown behind him. Maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but that's the way that I saw it. Offside. It looked like a forward pass to me, but hey, you know what? But uh, that's football, right? Like, hmm. that's the thing with the NFL. There's so many things that should be simple. How do you catch the ball? Um, you know, what's a pass interference? How do you throw the ball? You watch that with all your years of watching football. You say it's a forward pass. I look at it, and I say I thought he, was, he threw the ball behind him. I, I thought it was a lateral I did. Now, as the Chiefs sealed their win, Travis Kelsey kissed Buffalo fans goodbye as the crowd pelted Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs players with snowballs all along the sideline. Onside, offside, you are actually okay with fans throwing snowballs at players. Why do you think I'd be okay with this? Because they're snowballs. You know, it's it, fun. That could hurt. You know what? Let me go pelt you with snowballs and see if, you, if you're a-okay, well, walking I, okay. Listen, I used to throw snowballs at my brothers all the time in the schoolyard and with my friends. Like, it was a fun activity. That's what you do. You throw snowballs at your friends. I know you don't friends. have a strong arm there, Santa. You have, you have a noodle arm. That's what they say. Noodle arm Santa. You didn't throw snowballs with your friends? Was that not, like, the fun thing to do in the yes. snow? Yeah, build and, snowmen and, and throw snowballs. That's what you do. And that was with your friends. These are some drunk dopes at a game throwing snowballs at, at guys players. wearing helmets and pads. And, and it's snow. After the game, they it's, don't always have their helmets on. It's just dumb. It's stupid to do. I'm surprised that you would actually defend this jackassery. So you're okay. Let's say that was you running to the sideline to go kiss your family, and I'm pelting you some drunk, I'm some drunk slob in the stands pelting you with snowballs. You're going to be okay with that? Yeah, snowballs are fun. It's better than throwing batteries or, like, full beer cans or something or, like, oh, water stop. bottles. Just stop. That's ridiculous. Offside. Offside. Now, after the Lions win, the NFL retweeted a fan sign commemorating this famous Dan Campbell speech. We're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before long, we're going to be the last one standing, all right? That's going to be the mentality. Now, the word kneecaps appeared next to the two teams that the Lions previously beat, the Vikings and the Rams, though Justin Jefferson called the image insensitive because TJ Hawkinson and Tyler Higby suffered ACL injuries in those games. So onside, offside, the sign was insensitive. I saw that sign, and right away, I took it as the NFL was playing into the bite off the kneecaps. I don't think that was a sign that was intended to say, okay, let's take out, like, literally root for injuries and, and things and things along those lines. I thought it was in fun of the Campbell sign, but everyone's going to get offended at something these days, but I personally did not think the sign was insensitive, so I'm going to go offside on that one. Offside. It says kneecap, Vikings, other kneecap, Rams, hunk out of them, hunk out of them, last one standing. That's clearly just a checklist and just crossing off teams in order to go get to the Super Bowl. Now, I just want to double-check one thing to just make sure that, that I'm, I'm correct on this. Well, the only thing that's weird about that, it was, yeah, you had the Rams, and then what was their last game? It was Minnesota. Okay, so that's in order. It's not like they just put a random game where, where someone got hurt. Um, you could argue, then, why did you have the, the Vikings and the Rams? But that's when, right, the, Vi the Vikings game... What, did they clinch the division that day? Oh no, that's when they they uh, they got the, uh, the the three seed locked up the seeding guys last game of the season. Yeah, I got no problem with that. I think people are just trying to make an issue of something that's not an issue. 
Now, the commander's job is open, and new reports say that current offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, who's famously been passed over for many head coaching jobs, is potentially a lead candidate. Onside, offside, if they can't land Harbaugh or Belichick, the commander should hire Bieniemy. No, um, and, and I want Bieniemy to get a job, but I think when you're already in that building and there was a problem in that building, you're trying to bring in a new era, and I know Bieniemy was brought in for only one year. I think you just start fresh over, and that's what they're doing with Peters, and they're bringing in people from outside the organization. It's ultimately going to be Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Lions. I'd be stunned if he doesn't get the job. Um, I don't think they're going to get Harbaugh. I don't think they're going to get Belichick. It doesn't seem like they have any interest in those two. Uh, so you say that if they can't land Harbaugh or Belichick, the commander should hire Biennemi, I would go offside. Offside. Now, speaking of the commanders, recently fired coach Ron Rivera apparently is interviewing with the Eagles to possibly fill their vacant defensive coordinator position. Onside, offside, the Eagles should hire Ron Rivera as their new D.C. So here's what I know. So I hear that the Eagles are in from reports, right, on Frank Reich. And then they're also now in or interested in Ron Rivera. Are they basically just setting up to have two potential interim coach candidates if Nick Sirianni gets off to a good start? Um, I was not impressed with uh, the commanders. I thought their defense the last few years, and I know it it was uh, being run um, not by Ron Rivera um, as you you had a DC that that was in place. But I, I, I was kind of, Jack Del Rio was, I was kind of very disappointed with that defense. I think there's better options out there. I can understand bringing a veteran voice, but if you're going to bring in a veteran voice like Frank Reich, I don't think you need Ron Rivera. So the Eagles should hire Rivera as their new D.C. I'll go offside on that one. Offside. Alabama has seen 10 players enter the portal after Nick Saban retired, with three of them choosing Ohio State as their new school, including coveted five-star QB Julian Sayan. Onside, offside, you have confidence that Ryan Day will overcome his demons and reestablish Buckeye dominance. Well, they have a cupcake schedule this year. Their schedule is easy peasy this year. And Washington lost Kalen DeBoer's enter in the Big Ten. You know Oregon's going to be good with Dan Lanning and uh, now Dylan Gabriel. And Michigan, in all likelihood, is going to probably lose Jim Harbaugh as well. So they have a good chance this year to win the Big Ten. But now you're asking Ryan Day to win more big games in a bigger playoff field of a 12-team playoff? They'll find a way to be really good and look like a great team in the regular season, but then come the big games when they matter the most, Ryan Day will choke because he's a fake tough guy, and I hated what he did in his celebration in that uh, win over Notre Dame when he was lucky to win that game. So I don't have confidence that Cryon Ryan will end up overcoming his demons and reestablish the Buckeyes' dominance because until he wins a championship, He's just coming up short with what Michigan's done to him the last three years. So I will go offside. Offside. Right, we'll confidence one last quick in Ryan one. Day, please. 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 Now, after Ohio State's women's basketball team upset Caitlin Clark in Iowa. Those disgusting Buckeye fans, by the way. This was grotesque. I know. The fan was like staring at her phone. Fans rushed the court and one Buckeye fan staring at her phone slammed right into superstar Clark, knocking her to the ground and requiring her to need help exiting the floor. Clark luckily ended up not being injured. Onside, offside, storming the court should be prohibited. Low-class Buckeye fans running right into Caitlin Clark. That was absolutely repulsive. That was absolutely disgusting. With all that being said, though, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, storming the court, storming the field. I did so when Michigan beat Ohio State. I ran right onto the field, but I was classy. I didn't knock anyone over. I was very uh, graceful uh, when I was drunk. I slowly tiptoed my way onto the field. And I just ran and had a good time. I didn't knock anybody over. I didn't knock any opposing players over. So I'm not going to sit here, though, and say that uh, court storming or storming the field should be prohibited. I go offside. 
just don't be a dope and end up uh, hitting a superstar. Just, just look up from your phone if you're recording something, if you're running out to yeah. the court. Right? Just look up. <laughs> All righty, let's get to the latest CBS Sports Radio update with the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. I love this Detroit Lions story. And I would love to try to make the argument why I'm going to pick the Lions over the 49ers. But I had a similar thought in the way that I was watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go up against the Philadelphia Eagles. I had that same exact thought yesterday when I was watching the Bucs and the Lions with how the 49ers just won that game up against the Packers, where they did not play a good brand of football, and it was still good enough to find a way to win that game, I did kind of think to myself in the uh, Bucs and Eagles game, well, whoever wins this game, they're going to get crushed by the Lions the next week. And whatever the spread is, I'll end up uh, laying the number, which I did on the Lions laying six points. When I was watching that that Lions-Bucs game yesterday, I was just like, man, Whoever ends up winning this game is, is going to end up losing to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the early spreads for next week or for this upcoming week on Sunday, Baltimore minus three and a half and San Francisco, I, I thought that opened up at six and a half. It's now already up to seven. So some early money going on San Francisco. And I believe Baltimore opened up as a three-point favorite. So that's moving the line up to three and a half. I, I love this Lions team. That defense the last few weeks is starting to come alive and is starting to to make the timely stops when they need to. And, you know, Tariko yesterday, he bashed the secondary and the secondary goes and makes a play. That was like the perfect announcer kind of jinx where you say one thing and usually it's, oh, this kicker's never missed a kick and then poof. The kick ends up missing. But Tariko, yeah, uh, this Lions secondary is not good. It's a it's a bad secondary. And then boom, they ended up making a play. Uh, in the game, as much as I'm trying to craft an argument for the Lions, and I I don't want to doubt Dan Campbell, and I saw today that they're signing Zach Ertz, so we'll see if he'll be able uh, to be active for the game. How about that going for a ring and trying to ring chase? And he doesn't need to because he did win a Super Bowl uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. 
But just seeing Jared Goff, who's been a good quarterback, go on the road to San Francisco, Santa Clara, and thinking that they're going to beat the the San Francisco 49ers, it's only Monday. And I, I got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to try to craft this argument before we get off the air for the week on uh, Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. I just don't know how I'm going to be able to craft an argument that the Lions end up winning this game. I'm not telling you it's going to be a blowout. I'm not telling you that this is going to be like a two-touchdown, three-touchdown beatdown. And, hey, the Lions, they could run the football with Montgomery. They could uh, use the athleticism. That's going to be a big part of uh, Jameer Gibbs as well. He's going to have a monster game if the Lions are going to want to beat San Francisco. But I guess the best part, Sam, maybe to argue the Lions side of this, if I'm trying to craft up that argument, would be just the health of Debo Samuel. Because Debo this year, when he was hurt, those three games, and I know Trent Williams was hurt too, and McCaffrey wasn't 100%, even though McCaffrey played, and Debo and uh, Trent Williams didn't, that's when you saw the 49ers look vulnerable. But when you put together what happened last week, where the Niners did not play a good game on Saturday, and it was still good enough to find a way to come on back and be resilient and uh, eliminate the Green Bay Packers, it's tough for me to see this 49ers team in back-to-back weeks in the playoffs playing poor games, underwhelming games, and as fun as the Lions are. And I think, unless you are a Niners fan, you know, or you have a, a, a team that you root for inside the NFC North, I think the majority of America this week are going to be pulling for the Lions. Like the Lions in the postseason, they are America's team. That's the team that people want to see because for so many years, They've been those losers, and they've been the lovable losers, and they had the momentum at the end of of last season, and then it's carried over into this season. They've won their first division championship since 1992. They've won their first playoff game since 1991, and now you're 60 minutes away from going to a Super Bowl. I'm trying. I'm really trying to come up with something where I'm going to pick the Lions, and I'm even wearing a little Lions blue today. That wasn't even intentional. So I would love to bite off some kneecaps and see Jared Goff and Dan Campbell and Aiden Hutchinson go to a Super Bowl. But I, I don't think this team is, is walking into Santa Clara and be the Niners. I just don't. I'll give you a little bit of area to hope. Okay. And they talked about this a little bit on the broadcast over the weekend. The Lions finished second in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. Mm-hmm. Under 89 yards allowed. Second only behind the Chicago Bears. All right. And now... We know, with or without Debo, the 49ers offense is predicated on their running run game. Whether Debo is in the backfield or it's Christian McCaffrey, even their passing game, as good or bad as it may be at any point, is based off of how they're running the ball. Yeah. Play action, and it's pretty utilizing that, uh, that strong run game in order to get the ball to his receivers and Kittle on the outside. If the Detroit Lions and Aiden Hutchinson and that defensive line, as good as they have been this year, if they can stop McCaffrey or at least bottle him up a little bit and force the 49ers into second and longs, third and mediums, third but and longs. But can you bottle up McCaffrey? That dude, the only thing that stops Christian McCaffrey are injuries. You know, you know who stopped Christian McCaffrey? You know who bottled him up? The Baltimore Ravens. And uh, the Detroit Lions, on paper, have a better run defense than the Ravens. All I'm saying is it gives you hope that the 49ers' strength is their run game. The Lions' defensive strength is their run defense. And so if the Lions can win that battle Well, you got to play with the lead then. you got to play with the lead so that they start running the ball less. That's the only way. Well, no, because at the end of the day— And by the way, McCaffrey in that game against the Ravens, 14 carries for 103 yards. 
Yeah, but he also had that one long run also against the Ravens, too. So like, I, I, I'm just saying, uh, you know, 14 carries, 103 yards is pretty damn good. But, sure. But you got to play with the lead and, and make Purdy throw the ball more and maybe hope for bad weather. Now, I'm not a big small hands guy, but they did point out the, the measurables on Purdy's hands in that game. It looked like he had trouble gripping that football in the rain. But my point is whether you have the lead or you're or you're down, if you can bottle up McCaffrey in the run game at least a little bit, all right? Because the 49ers, I think, average 150, 140 yards rushing yeah. a game. If you can knock them down to 90 yards, 100 yards, and force Purdy to beat you with his arm, especially if they don't have Debo, that's the winning formula for the Detroit Lions. Also, how about Brock Purdy revealing over the weekend that Kyle Shanahan basically sat him down and said, we're going to try to go get Tom Brady out of retirement. And Brock Purdy was like, he was annoyed by it, but he said he understood it because it was the GOAT. You know, maybe, remember Brady a few weeks ago, he sent out that uh, post, and I kind of thought he was kidding. He goes, oh, I was about to unretire from the NFL, but then my uh, friend threw me a surprise retirement party, so I couldn't do that. Maybe he wasn't kidding. And the Niners are, are Brady's hometown team, right? He grew up as a Niners fan, grew up rooting for Joe Montana. I'm kind of surprised that Brady said no. That means that Brady actually is. I know he's been through the whole year now. He's actually done done with football. Because that's something that we all had fun speculating about. And you know, I know a few years ago, the Niners made that dumb decision to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and when Brady wanted to go there before he ended up going to Tampa Bay. So it ended up working for Tom Brady. It hasn't worked for the 49ers. But the big one of the big stories this year in the NFL has been Brock Purdy. And like people just, how do you, how do you classify, how do you describe Brock Purdy as a quarterback? And it drives people crazy. And it has people saying some good things, some stupid things as well. But that's a wild story that Brock Purdy, of all people, revealed that, um, you know, that Shanahan wanted to go get Tom Brady. Could you imagine if Tom Brady won another Super Bowl with a third team? Yeah. Like, it's the best chance we have of someone slaying Mahomes. At the end of the day, uh, the GOAT title is pretty cemented. Yeah. And Mahomes is the only one who is even sniffing a chance to potentially even come close to to getting there. But here's the thing that I would but argue. But if you want another one in, in San Fran, I mean, it's over. But here's what I would argue. Like, our, our pal Brandon Tierney used to dominate this time slot. He's he's saying that Mahomes is going to surpass Brady. He'll be the GOAT. Oh, Brady beat Mahomes in an AFC title game. And he beat Mahomes in a Super Bowl. So, Mahomes better get to eight, which I don't think anyone's won eight Super Bowls to surpass Brady. Because Brady gets the tiebreakers because he won an AFC title game. And the Super Bowl up against Brady. But Mahomes still has got a long ways to go, even though he's incredible. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 